All right, let's, uh, let's jump into uh, God's Word here. Um, so Galatians chapter 4. Now, in, in uh, the, the series that we're in, uh, to bring us kind of all up to speed, remember that uh, what Paul, the apostle here, is, is um, writing about, he, he is uh, addressing a problem that is taking place in these, these churches in uh, the, 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 the province of uh, Galatia. And, and, and these churches that he, he, he is writing to, these are churches in which he himself planted, meaning he, he himself started. God used him as the instrument to go and to start these, these churches. And as, uh, he, since he started, he has a, a deep passion, a deep love for the people in these local congregations, these local bodies. And, and what he has gotten word of is that there is a group of uh, um, it says a group of Jews that have come in and have kind of distorted, not kind of, but really has, distorted the gospel. And how they've distorted the gospel is they said that if you want to really follow after God, if you want to love Jesus, you have to be circumcised. You have to abide by the law in order to... Uh, love Jesus. Essentially what, they're, what they, they're saying is you have to become Jewish so that you can worship and you can serve the Jewish Messiah. And, and, and Paul is writing here and he says that is not true at all. And, and he is, he's made the argument, we, we looked a little bit last week, that it, it, it's, there, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither, neither slave nor free, there, there's no, neither male or female, there, we're all one in Christ Jesus. The justification, meaning the, our righteous standing before God, comes through faith in Jesus. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, purple, green, if you're green, go to the doctor, but it, it doesn't matter what color of skin we have, what nationality, where we at, ethnic background, if our, we put faith in Jesus Christ, then we are accepted into his family. And in, uh, Paul ended the, the, the last uh, the chapter with that we are heirs. Look at verse 29, chapter 3. That we are heirs according to the promise. Remember the promise that, that, that we talked about was the promise in which God gave Abraham. The, the promise that he would make a great nation from him. That from him the offspring meaning Christ, would come to save His people. So th this, is, this is where Paul's at. He, he's writing the, 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 this letter. He, he's combating this legalism. And, and that's really the, the whole focus of, of what we've been talking about with the, the, the series, is that we want to uh, live free under the gospel of grace. We no longer are, are to uh, live under the bondage of legalism. And to bring you up to speed, if you're thinking, well, wait a second, I don't remember what legalism is. We defined it by saying three different things. Legalism is working according to your own rules, under your own power, and for the favor of God. Right? Because at the end of the day, or I should say at the beginning of the morning, no one wakes up and says, I'm going to be a legalist today. But what we do with our lives really displays if we are truly working under our own power under or by our own rules and trying to earn God's favor. As we're going to see today, I think that the under our own power and really by our own rules is what is going to be in play today. Because when, when Paul talks here in chapter 4, and uh, he, he addresses this reality that takes place, 
There's a reality that takes place that when I put my faith in Jesus and what He has done, which is the gospel, when I put my faith in Jesus and what He has done, then I am accepted into God's family. So if I'm accepted into God's family, then all the riches and all the rewards and everything that's associated with being an heir is real and true about me. Now before we get to that, and that's what what that is called is adoption. Some of you in here are are familiar with adoption, but what I want to talk about in a minute is being adopted into God's family. But I I want us to to, um, kind of have a a tense moment for for just a, a few minutes. Because I think that if we look at the reality of what is the way of the world, and then we look at what we are adopted into, I believe that we'll have a better reverence or we'll have a better acceptance of the truth of what God is communicating to us through His Word. So what, what I want to look at is uh, in verse 9, chapter 4, Galatians 4, verse 9, he says, Paul says here, but now that you have come to know God, so he's, talk, he's, he's talking to the, the, the believers uh, collectively here in, the, in this church. He's saying, uh, now that you have come to know God, or rather be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more? Now, I want to talk about the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world. Now, we don't use verbiage like that, the elementary principles. That word also, when it talks about principles, can also be rendered as spirits. And what we understand by what Paul is explaining here is what we would call the way of the world. Paul is talking to this church, and he's saying, you are heirs, he just got done saying, you are heirs of the promise. If you're believers in Jesus Christ, you are going to receive that which God promised to Abraham, and to Isaac, and to Jacob, and to all of us, all of Israel, all of God's chosen people. He's saying, you're there, but why is it that you want to go back to the way of the world? And he doesn't just say the, the elementary principles. What, what, what he actually says is the weak and worthless elementary principles. Why does he say the weak and the worthless? Well, I, I believe it's for this, the, the, this point, and the, 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 um, really the, so we can understand what these elementary principles are. The weak and the worthless elementary principles are, are, are displaying or communicating that there is no life in the way of the world. Now, again, some way, well, I don't live by the way of the world. Okay, let, let's just paint it this way. How about the world standards? You know, that, that, that may be something that, that, that you would, okay, oh, okay I'm, I'm, I'm starting to understand now. Well, now, nah, I, I don't live by the world standards. Okay, but do you? If you were to be 100% honest with, with yourself, and you were to examine all of your life, every aspect of your life, and you were to ask yourself, am I living according to God's truth? Or am I living to, according to the standards of the world? And, and I think that we said a few weeks ago that, that, that um, we have a tendency to gravitate to the standards of the world because we fear man. 
We fear what people are going to say about us. We have this thought, well, God's going to forgive us no matter what, so I can just kind of, I'm going to do what's socially acceptable. Well, I, I hate to burst your bubble here. I know that in, in, in our country, our context, that going to church is socially acceptable. Maybe not everybody does it. But understand that the gospel in which we believe is way beyond even being close to being socially acceptable. And what we have to understand is we have to make a decision. And this is where I think that we need to, to wrestle with this, this question. Am I living by the world standards and therefore I am enslaved? Or am I living by God's truth and living free? Now, as, as we look at this again, we, we can say that, that, that Paul, he's talking about these elementary principles of the world. We're like, yeah, but you know what? That's just a, a choice, and it doesn't really have an effect on me. Uh, baloney. It, it, it does. Because these elementary spirits, these elementary principles of the world, this is what um, we would clearly identify as the demonic. Now, I'm not saying that everything out there is demon-possessed. Other than the Flurkins. I'm just trying to see who, who watched the new Captain Marvel movie. If you haven't watched it, you don't know what I'm talking about. The cats. Cats. Yeah, yeah. You've got to see that movie. It's my new favorite Marvel movie. And it, it proves my point that cats are from the devil. But anywho. It, 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 anyways. But... Not everything is demonic, but what we have to understand is the world in which we live in is greatly influenced by the demonic. Greatly influenced by the demonic. So when he's saying these worthless or these weak and worthless principles, he says they're weak and they're worthless because they are influenced by the demonic. And let me, let me ex explain something real quick. That the demonic does not mean that there's a little guy in a red suit with a pitchfork running around poking people, making them do bad things. What the demonic does, and the, the, the uh, main approach, I would say, of the demonic is distortion. All right? Now, when I say distortion, there's other things. There's actually three things that, that I think that they, um, uh, that they use, the enemy uses, um, against, against us and really against the world, it's deception, distraction, and distortion. Now, when I say deception, distraction, and distortion, this is what Paul is talking about because what deception, distraction, and distortion does, it takes a truth of God and then morphs it into something that it is not. The, the truth that has been given, that, that, that Paul is talking about here, is that faith comes only through, and you're only justified by faith in Jesus Christ, right? Faith in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. So the, 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 the church here, the, this people have come, the, these Jews have come in and they've distorted the gospel to say that it's Jesus plus something else. Jesus plus circumcision, so this is this mindset, and I, and I, uh, I want to communicate this, and I want us to understand this, because I think that this deception and this distraction and this, this distortion is a part of our everyday life. 
And we need to be more aware of it. I, and, and I, I want to stress this because I don't think that there anybody in here, maybe you're not, you, you are, I don't know, but you're just really good at hiding it. No one in here is a Satan worshiper. You're not, you're not sitting here and you're openly worshiping Satan, where that would be easy to identify. Like, go and talk to him, or go and talk to her, whatever. But when distraction and deception and distortion comes in, it's harder to identify for not only the individual it's happening to, but also those around. So I think that we need to be keenly aware of this. And I think that as we look at this, as we look at the weak and worthless principles, they're weak and they're worthless because there's nothing in and of this world that can give us life. We have no life outside of what Christ has done. And that's what Paul is explaining here. And so as we look at this, I want us to understand that the enemy wants God's children. Remember, that's who he's talking to right here. Is the enemy wants God's children to question God's plan and God's purpose. I mean, that took place way back in the Garden of Eden. He did not say, and those of you that have read through Genesis, and you've been through Genesis 3, or you've heard me multiple times say this, the, the, the enemy, the serpent, did not come up to Adam and Eve and say, God doesn't exist. Right? That is nowhere in Scripture where, where the, the enemy, Satan, the devil, the, the, the serpent of old, tries to convince people or God's children that God doesn't exist. There, there's, it doesn't say that anywhere. But what he does is he distorts the truth. He makes it, 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 it come and he says, what did God really say? And, and, and some of you were like, yeah, that's, that's, that's my struggle because I don't know what God really said. Well, you're in a good place because we preach the Bible here. We teach the Bible here so you can know what God says. So that when distortion comes in or distraction or deception, we can say, no, 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 no. That's not going to happen. I'm, I'm aware of that. So the enemy wants God's children to question God's plan and purpose so that he can gain a stronghold to make the believer not experience the life that God has intended for him. You've heard me say a billion times, uh, John 10.10, 10, where Jesus says that I've come to give life and life abundantly. God gave his son so that we can have life and we can have it not just a little bit, but when we put our faith and our trust in Him, we are adopted into His family, and it says that we can have abundant life. Now that doesn't say that life in abundance. doesn't mean that we're all going to be bling-blinging around here. Right? That still is cool now. Bling? No? It's not lit? That's good, right? Ella's like, uh, no. Okay. I don't know. I try to stay up on all that lingo, but I'm not hip or rad. So... Groovy, thank you, somebody. <laughs> so understanding that, that God wants us to have life. He, he wants His children to experience a life in which uh, He has intended for us. What the enemy does is he employs his tactics. And I've said it, the, the deception, the distraction, the distortion. And he does it by targeting good things. Now, I, and I, I want to stress that. He does it by targeting good things that God really has blessed us with. And the good things in which Paul is talking about here is the best thing. It's the gospel. But it doesn't just stop there. 
The enemy wants to distract us with, with other good things that God has blessed us with. Now, some of you are thinking, ah, yeah, okay, I don't, but what, what, what good things? I, I just, I came up with a, just a real tiny list. Um, and this is where, I, I love that we had a little, a, a moment last week where I was able to share a little bit with you and my heart and my struggles and, and stuff where I feel that we're a little bit closer. Uh, our bridge is a little bit stronger. That way, when I throw this weight on here today, uh, you're not going to pick up your stones and throw at me. Uh, if you are at any point wanting to pick something up and throw it at me, uh, just if you can pick up ogre and throw at me, fine. But if not, how about you just sit there for a second and ask, why does that hurt so much? Or I didn't even say hurt. Why does it sting? That's a better word. Sting so much. We ready? The first one. The enemy will influence other good things, and he'll use them for his schemes. Well, the first thing I, I think is time. It's time. Wow, how, how can the enemy use time? Uh, he, he'll just keep you busy. He'll keep you busy doing whatever it is. It doesn't matter. It could be good things. He'll keep you busy running here, and he'll keep you busy running there, and he'll keep you busy with this activity and with that activity. And by the end of the day, you're like, wait a second, I didn't have any time for God today. The devil's not going to say, well, God doesn't exist. What he's going to do is he's going to busy you so much so you cannot spend time with your Father. So you cannot understand and know what the truth of God is. Now, again, if you're sitting here and you're like, yeah, but my life's this and i got to do this, I'm not here throwing stones at you. I'm just saying that this is something we have to be aware of. We have to be aware that this is a weak and worthless principle of the world. It's like busyness is next to godliness. As long as I'm busy doing something, I'm being productive for God... No, 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 no. God wants your heart, not your work. So sometimes what we have to do, and for some of you this is very hard, say no. Say no. Yeah, but I'm going to feel guilty. Okay, if you feel guilty, that's not of God. The Holy Spirit doesn't make us feel guilty. And I guarantee you this. That if you say no to something that may be good, to say yes to the, something even better, that's time with God. Now, again, now, this is a huge disclosure. I know that the teens are up here, so don't, don't, say, don't be like, um, well, Dad, well, Mom, I can't take out the trash because I'm praying. Uh, come on, I mean, that, that just, right? That, that's not what I'm saying. Or husbands, uh, well, I can't do this for you, dear, because I'm going to spend some time alone in my closet with the Word. I'm going to get deep. <coughs> do we need to do this? Yeah, yes. But understand, just like everything else, if you make it a priority in your life, you'll do it. And even if it's you are alone, and, and, and some of you are like, well, wait a second, I don't spend any time on a consistent basis with, with, with God. Start with five minutes. Cut out five minutes. For a lot of you, you can cut out 30-minute chunks because your TV shows usually last 30 minutes. Yeah, but I want to watch the last OG. <laughs> some, I've seen a commercial. It looked funny. I haven't watched it yet. I've been praying that whole time. I can't watch it, right? No, but some of us need to cut out a 30-minute section of, of TV. Cut out the, 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 the end. Here, here's what it's been for me. My wife will attest to this. 
This past couple weeks has been March Madness, right? Basketball. So there's been some times I had to say no to... And I love how deceptive the devil is. I know that sounds crazy, but I love how deceptive he is. Because I'll say no to... No, I'm not going to watch... The whole this game, and and the, the devil will chirp in. But yeah, but your your daughter wants to watch basketball with you and spend some time with you, and you know how much. So he tries to take a good thing, right? And he tries to to, to distort it. And and, and what what I had to say, and I have to say, is like no. Now I'm not saying that all basketball all the time. I'm not saying that that's bad. What I'm saying though is, if you can look at your time, and you can look at, at how busy your life is. And you can honestly answer the question, have I been spending any time with God? And the answer is no. Then the devil has, has got a grip on you. That's a standard of the world. Because the standard of the world would say, oh, it's all right. God loves you for who you are. No matter what happens, God's still going to love you. You know what? That is true. But the father wants to spend time with his children. Anybody who has kids knows that, right? Even if they're the most obnoxious kids in the world, you want to spend at least a little bit of time with them, right? I always wonder how, how God looks down on, on, on me and says, man, that kid's obnoxious. <laughs> He's a bunch of trouble. Because I say the same thing about my son, but I love my son. So that's the first one, time, being too busy for God. How about this? <gasps> Ready? Money. Now, we're not going to pass the plate again, and I'm not, I'm not only, because I'm not going to say I'm not at all, I'm not only talking about giving to God. I'm not only talking about our tithes and our, our offerings. I'm also talking about the pursuit of money. The, the, the world says that we need, the, we, we, we need to have all of this stuff. And the more stuff that we'll have, the more happy we'll be. Well, Jesus, if, and here's a really cool tidbit. If you didn't know it, Jesus talks about money more than anybody else in the Bible. He even goes to the extent and says, you know what? You cannot serve two masters. And he doesn't say God and the devil. He says God and money. What is he saying there? He's saying that, 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 that money is not evil. And I want to stress that. It's the love of money is the root of all evil. All kinds of evil. If we pursue the dollar, if we pursue money more than we're pursuing God, and that looks different for everybody, but if we're pursuing our, our job, or if we're pursuing our retirement, if we're pursuing whatever monetary achievement more than we're pursuing God, we're living by the world's standards, and the world would be like, add a boy, add a girl. You're working hard. You're going to have something to show for that. But the problem is, when you stand in front of God and say, look at all the money that I've made, He's going to be like, I don't, I don't need that. That doesn't impress me. Haven't you read the book that I'm the one that owns the cattle on a thousand hills? Meaning he got more money than all of the rich people put together. And then some. Now again, is money bad? No. Is having a job bad? No. Is pursuing money bad? No. Not at all. Again, I'm, I, we can't have the, 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 the mentality, okay, well, well, wait a second, the preacher said that pursuing money is bad. Then next Sunday I come in here and i got a bunch of unemployed people. 
I, got, I really love Jesus, so I gave up my job. No. No, you can't use that as an excuse. It's if you are pursuing money more than you are pursuing your father. That's where the distortion comes in. For sake of time, I'll do one, one more. Because we haven't even got into the, the adoption. Maybe we'll have to have a part two. The third one. Relationships. I, I'm glad that, that, that some of the, the, or the teens are up here today because I think this is the big one. Not only for teens, but for adults as well. But relationships. God has blessed us with people that come into our lives and has blessed us with, with um, what we can uh, term and understand as a relationship. Now some of you are like, well, wait a second, some of my relationships aren't very blessful. No. They're, they're, they're more tasking than they are blessing. All right? Understood. But too often what happens is people look at, at, at relationships and then we go by the world standards. Well, as long as, as, long as you love each other, as long as you're happy, as long as she completes me. I'll tell you this, and my wife will tell you the same thing. If she completes me, if I complete her, we are doomed. <laughs> same way with everybody else in here. Because the only one who completes you is the one who created you. You, you have to understand, yes, do I love my wife more than anything? Absolutely. Does she love me? Yes, she loves me. She, of course she loves me. <laughs> but what we have to understand about the relationships in which God has given us to be in, that we cannot live by wor the world's standards in those relationships. We have to live by God's standards, God's way. And there's a way in which God ha has developed that, the, the, the standard in which we live and the standard in which we operate with inside of relationships. I, I think that, that it's that, we, and, and in the weeks to come, when we get into Ephesians, we're going to talk about the holy household. And we're going to talk about husbands and wives and children and, every, and, children and, and slaves and masters, and we're going to talk about how these relationships come together. But if we, for any moment... Remember, we're talking about legalism here. If we for any moment say, you know what? I can do it my own way and I can do it my, under my own power and we exclude God out of the relationship, the relationship is going to have, if, not, if, it's, if it's not doomed to fail, it's going to have some of the rockiest roads in which you've ever went down. Some of you are, are here and, and you've even been married or are married. Some of you are thinking about it. Some of you have been married for hundreds of years. How long have you been married, Bill and Stephanie? 51. 51. Well, half a hundred years, so. <clears throat> and, and, and I would, I don't know, I haven't, I haven't asked them, but I would guarantee that Bill and Stephanie would say that they have not all been smooth sailing. <laughs> right? And I, and not to put put them on the spot because I think we're all in there but I would say that, that if you if, if asked the, the problem which, which they had in their, their marriage has been a result of sin it's a reality now is any marriage going to be perfect no I mean I know it's hard to, to believe Shannon and, and I we are not perfect in our marriage half but not full ouch <laughs> 
you know, it says not to strike the, the Lord's anointed. Your, your knee jerked. Huh. But what God does say is if He, he says if you, if you abide by His standard, if you go about it the proper way, that He will bless that. I'm glad. So again, there's some teenagers up here. So here, let's talk about the thing that your parents have a hard time talking to you about as well. Sex. Sex before marriage is not the way in which God has intended it to be. That is, that is sacred. It is saved for, for marriage. Yeah, but this, the, the world says it's okay. Okay. Yeah, the world says that homosexuality is okay too. The world says that transgenderism is okay too. The world says it's okay to kill babies. The world says a lot of different things. And I, I, I don't want us to, to, to feel guilty. Here's what I want us to, to do. I want to, to, to uh, communicate to you the, the truth of what God says. God says, if you obey by the way in which I have set forth, you will be blessed. So even though you're like, well, yeah, but sex is really good. I know. I've done it at least three times. We know. <laughs> hey, remember, we can be real, right? I got, do the math. I got three kids, right? So I know, great. But you know what? There are consequences. When we don't do things, especially when it comes to relationships. Because here's the crazy thing about relationships. You have a sinful person and another sinful person. And you bring them together. And two negatives doesn't make a positive, I, I guarantee that. What that does is it just compounds everything. It compounds everything. Now, I'm not trying to, to, to say that, that, that uh, you should be fearful of relationships. No, 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 no. Back to what I said. If our relationships aren't rooted and are not centered on, on, on the design which God has given forth for us, if that's not the, the, the way in which we're going to pursue... Like, so one of, my, one of my, I don't want to say ambitions, but one of my directions I have that's inside of my head, and it's, it's like a little road sign. I'm just trying to help you see what's inside here. little road sign is I want to pursue my wife I want to pursue my wife in a godly way. I want to pursue my wife as Christ has given me the ability to pursue my wife. Do I always do it? No. I don't always do it. Sometimes that, that, that sign it goes from just being a, a stationary, non-lit road sign to a flashing sign. Hey, idiot. Warning, warning, warning. But, but here's the deal. The way in which God has designed relationships to be is to be pursued through Him for His plan and for His purpose. But the weak and the worthless principles, of elementary principles of the world, the spirits of the world, the demonic are going to say, no, 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 no. As long as you guys love each other, it doesn't matter what you do. As long as you do this and don't do that, and you can, no, no, I, I don't want to split hairs over anything. I want to tell you that, that, that God, does God want to bless your relationships? Yes. There is nothing more beautiful than to look at a godly marriage or even even before a, a, a marriage maybe they're 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 dating a godly relationship where their pursuit is i want to pursue god and, and, and some would say like i would have to say like i've not always done it right but you know what this makes sense and I really want God to, to, to bless us, and I, I don't want to be distorted by the, 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 the weak and the worthless ways of the world. I, I want to do this. It doesn't matter like, if you're 51 years into your marriage, or if, like Shannon and I, we are 
Eight, 19, eight, 18. Less than 51. <laughs> but here's the deal. You, yeah, I'm going to stay back. I'm going to stay on this side over here. The, the, the distortion, hey, no, 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 no vicarious kicking. The distortion is going to tell you, oh, it's okay. You can do it your own way. You can do it under your own power. But don't give in to the lie. Now, again, I know that there, there are some in here that are like, man, I'm, my, my relationships are, are hurting. I, I, I understand that. I, I really do. Not all of you uh, know the whole story with, with Shannon and I and really how I came to Christ. Granted, I was raised in the church. And, and just for you who are thinking, we're not going to get into adoption today. It's going to be part two next week. So and I'll tell you, you're going to have to meddle on all this. So the, the, the story of, of Shannon and I, we, we had a really rough first few years. Really rough. I can remember the, the, the moment that uh, God smacked me. Uh, I was drunk on the, uh, the lawnmower. And Shannon and I, we were in the toilet. It was, get me out of this and quick. It's 2006, so we've just been, been married. Or, you know, I'm sorry, it was 2007, so we just uh, have been married just under seven years. And it was, it was clear, God said, you know what, you need to go back to church. And I say back to church because I grew up in church and I knew all the stuff in my head. But through a lot of years and a lot of my own thinking, what I knew was distorted. It got distorted. And it wasn't until I came under and God <laughs> radically changed my life. And He had to. If God didn't radically change my life, I wouldn't be standing here today. And some of you are like, well, I don't know why you're standing here now, because you're just a drunk. No, I was. But I'm a child of God. No, that's, that's my identity. And again, we'll talk about that next week. But I, I, I know that, that, that God changed me, because I, and I know that what would happen is I was following the lies of the world, saying, oh, just as long as you provide for your wife, just as long as you do this, and just as long as you do that, would you? and again, none of those things are bad. But I wasn't pursuing her, <laughs> let alone was I pursuing her with the mindset of, of, of pursuing Christ. But the distortion and the distraction and the deception of the world was just, was just creeping in. And just like what Paul says here, I came to the point and I was like, man, this is weak and this is worthless. I need real life. I need a life that, 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 that I can, when I do stand, because I, I believed you've heard me say this, and I love this line, I believed in God, I believed there was a God, but I was yet to believe God. There's a big difference of believing in God than actually believing Him. Believing what it is He says. I, I know that there's some here that, again, that, that you're, you're, you're right there. You're like, I've been distracted, I've been deceived. I'm... I'm I've listened to the lies of distortion. Okay. It's okay. Do something about it. That, that's what I love about the gospel of grace. Because, all right, yeah, you're a hot mess. But I love you. That's what God's saying. Do something about it. Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, uh, thank you for loving this hot mess. 
Thank you for what you've done. Uh, God, I, uh, I, I pray as we've talked about these, um, these standards of, of the world and uh, uh, the, the ways of the world, God, that, that um, as we hear them, we're not defensive against them as if we're trying to, uh, to um, control and really, we're not trying to abide by our own legalism here. But God, we see this as the standards of the world being opposed. And as your word said, that they're hostile to you. God, we don't want to be hostile to you. God, we want to live a life that is abundant. We want to live a life that, is, that we can, when we stand in front of you, that we don't have to hang our head in shame. But we can stand there and say, thank you. Thank you for what you've done, because that's the only reason I'm here. So God, what does that look like right now for each individual? Everybody's a little bit different. I know that. We know that. But God, I, I pray that we can identify if we're, we're falling and sliding into the standard of the world, or, or if we are, by your grace and your grace alone, holding firm to your truth. God, let us know more every day what your truth is so that we can stand there. Father, we thank you. Lord, we love you. God, we do want to be a, a people. We don't want to be just a, a gathering here. We want to be a, a people that know what it is that they believe in, who it is that they believe in. So Father, work in us as you are. We give you all the honor, all the glory, all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.